What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to Self Helpless. I'm Taylor Tomlinson. I'm Kelsey Cook. And I'm Delaney Fisher. And we're super excited. We have such a good episode today. Oh my oh. God. Whitney was amazing. We've been wanting to have Whitney Cummings on for a long time. And she was incredible. I have so many notes. <laughs> I have so many notes from that episode. Wow. Yes. And wow. this is also a great episode to watch on YouTube because she literally gives us a tour of her bathroom and all of her skincare. Like this. <laughs> yes. People it's would pay special. millions of dollars to be able to see this stuff. Like, this is oh pretty exciting. Oh my gosh, dude. I feel like I, I was just relating to her on so many levels. She seems like she has a very, like, minimalism mentality. Minimalist mentality with a lot of stuff. Um, and her work with animals and, like, all these things. I was like, oh my god, I didn't realize how much I, you know, related to Whitney Cummings. <laughs> with so she many things yeah. that she's doing. Super cool. Um, before we get into the interview, I wanted to announce on the podcast that my online makeup course is finally here. Yay. Yay. I'm Yay. so happy. Uh, <laughs> it's actually, by the time this episode comes out, it will have been up for maybe three weeks at this point. Um, but this is kind of the first chance to promote it since we've been banking episodes. And I wanted to take a second and say thank you to you guys, Taylor and Delaney, for pushing me to do this because I wouldn't have done it without you guys being like, stop being a dumb bitch and put <laughs> a makeup course together. Yeah. So I wouldn't have done it without you. And then I also wouldn't have done it without um, you amazing helpsters leaving so many comments and messages on the video we did, the three of us girls, me showing Taylor and Delaney how to do makeup on YouTube. So uh, if you are into makeup, if you're a beginner, if, uh, if you're not a beginner at makeup and you want to learn some new tips, I think it's for everybody. It's a five video course and you can go to um, either the link in my bio on my Instagram, which is at Kelsey Cook Comedy or on my website, KelseyCook.com. And I will link it there. Uh, it's through Podia. Is that how you say it, Delaney? Podia. Mm -hmm. Podia. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited about it. So go check it out. Yay. 
Yay! I'm very excited um, to sign up for that because oh. I am hopeless. I have rewatched, I kid you not, the eyeshadow portion of the video we made like so many times. Like every time I've had to film something during oh. quarantine, I have rewatched it because I oh don't know how to do eyeshadow. Any pictures you've been posting recently? Yeah. I'm like, damn, like her eyeshadow looks so good. You did the photo shoot with the masks and the I did it. It looks so good. Oh. I'm so I'm so happy. I'm so happy that Beautiful. you're beautiful. <laughs> I just did what you told me. Yay. Yay, yay. Um, okay, so real quick, if you're not familiar with Whitney Cummings, first off, what have you been doing with your life? Um, she's <laughs> yeah. very famous. But obviously she's a huge stand-up comedian. She's had specials on Comedy Central and HBO and Netflix. And she is also like a badass producer and director and actress. Like she's done so many things. She had her own show, Whitney. She produced two broke girls. She made a really cool movie um, called the female brain that I watched, I believe on a plane a little while ago. Uh, Cause it was something I wanted to see and I kind of forgot about it. And then I was like, Oh my gosh. And it has like an amazing cast. It has Beanie Feldstein and Cecily strong and Sophia Vergara and Dion Cole and James Marsden. Like it's like such a crazy cast and it's so and it's based on that book that she touches on in the podcast um yeah. about like female neurology and love and it's just like smart and cool and funny which is exactly what Whitney is so um I think she is the perfect guest for the show and she just blew our minds for an and a half so we're very excited yeah. without further ado here's our episode with Whitney Cummings Please welcome to the show, Whitney Cummings. Yay. Yay. Who, who for some reason it. agreed to do this. I know. I make bad choices. We all know this about me. I make bad decisions and I am driven by guilt. So here I am. Perfect for the show. Perfect. Yeah. For the show. We talk a lot Love about it. guilt on the show. <laughs> Whitney Whitney literally texted me like I have to stop agreeing to do Zoom things and then was like but I'll still do your podcast. Oh, <laughs> I know. I just it's we this has been an interesting time. I feel like I've spent so much of my adult life trying to learn how to say no and not be driven by guilt and obligation and not doing anything I don't want to do and protecting my time and protecting my energy. Um, and this pandemic, uh, has really, um, I've relapsed a lot. I think I'm the real victim of this virus. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> I have easily <laughs> suffered the most of anyone thus far. Um, because it's, you want to support other people, you want to help other people. You want to, everything is like every, every zoom podcast has like a element of like a fake charity, like, <laughs> None of these charities are real. Like yeah. what? Like what are you talking about? They're like it, what, I've never heard of this charity. They did it fine. I guess I'll help you raise money for your huckster charity. So <laughs> we need a charity. Oh shit! We are the charity. We're Honestly, three broke comedians. Okay, we yeah. need this. We're this is fine. Pretend you're donating to a charity, and you can get Dave Chappelle. Like I realize you can ask people. You can be rude as long as you pretend you're donating money to people. <laughs> 
I mean, again, Kelsey's right. You absolutely are. I bought a green screen to project homes that look like yours onto the background. <laughs> Literally, your house is so nice in the background that to me, it looks like a green screen because I'm not used yeah. to seeing like actual nice homes. Yeah. It's got like, a beautiful. Come out to the valley, baby. You got yeah, your echoing. Oh, hell yeah. There's a lot of space in there where you can hear a fucking echo. You know yeah. I mean? right. New money. New money. <laughs> Just random people. <laughs> I'm like, what even is an echo? I don't, I've never lived somewhere big enough to experience one. But Come over and visit. <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend I'm not rich. I worked very hard. <laughs> I love that. I don't, even say. I don't give a fuck, dude. I grew up with no money. I worked my ass off. I had many people steal money from me, uh, uh, swindle me. I've had to pay for a lot of my family members, like rehabs and ICU bills. And um, I'm not going to do that thing anymore where I'm like, oh, I'm going to dull my light so that you don't feel bad. Like, I'm not going to walk on eggshells to take care of you. I think that, you know, it took me a long time to realize, just go like, yeah, I worked really hard and it paid off. I think that's the best thing I can do for, for younger yeah. women. Instead of being like, oh no, who me? Like, yeah. it's like, then you're like, why are we working so hard? If totally, she, right. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. if I can do it, anyone can do it, you know? Um, yeah, it's fucking awesome. right. But I remember, uh, in, there was a charity, like live stream zoom, whatever, for some fake thing that gives money to comedians. Did you guys get checks? There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Uh, <laughs> there was a comic relief fund and I got That's money what, yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, it really? did work, yeah. Oh, good. Okay, I feel so much better. Yeah. And, um, and so, uh, you're like, yes, I, <laughs> I just bought a wave runner. Was that your money? No, I feel like a little weird about that, but I mean, I did genuinely need it. I feel like there was a more direct way to do this. Like, <laughs> right. We took a circuitous route to do this. It could have just like texted me. I had to write an essay. Yeah. I had to provide. Yeah. No, I just want to hit your cash app. Um, so uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Oh, that there were all these like really rich male comedians who in the live stream, they were shooting from their house, you know, and it was so funny to watch them try and pick the shittiest part of their house to look relatable. <laughs> oh. I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Imagine being like a fan of one of these comedians and being like, is that your house? Like, <laughs> I, I've I've seen 10 of your movies. Like, how are you spending the money we're giving you? <laughs> Steve Harvey was like hunched up in his garage. We're like, we know what you're doing. We know you don't live there. <laughs> like, how stupid do you think we are? So, with all these 
In the beginning, I was kind of trying to not show my house. And I'm just like, what? You're, yeah. you're, you're oh, I love on it. this call with me because I'm good at what I do. And if I didn't have this house, I, you know, there's bigger have, issues. Yeah. We have questions on how you did that. Um, I remember I saw a clip that you posted. I can't remember if it was from a TED Talk or if you were a speaker at a different event, but it was talking about being smart with money. And I think of it Should anytime. we start Tina Talks? Tina like, Talks. What's like a Ted? Who's Ted? Oh, it's like Ted. I don't know. I want to start one with a female name. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, you were talking about not just focusing on making money, but about saving your money and st- you're like, stop buying dumb shit. Yeah. And the way you said it has stuck with me so much. I mean, Sephora will still like, you know, grab me Yeah. more than it should, but yeah. I do think of you saying that a lot and it has stopped me from buying a lot of dumb things. Don't buy shit at Sephora. You can, in the amount of time that you go to Sephora and buy, go to the brands that you love, go to their Instagram, DM them, just be like, hey, I love your product. Could I get some product? Like, I do it. I still do it. And I'm rich. Really? Yes. <laughs> I don't yes. pay for cosmetics. Are you insane? You know, there's people wow. whose only job is to get lipsticks and face creams to people like you that have a following that talk like this for a living that people want to listen to and take advice from. Like you can easily, like the new economy, like your generation, I think is, um, you know, uh, just primed to really like reap the benefits of this new economy. Like, Hey, I'd love to post a tutorial about your makeup or your lip gloss. Like just get free shit to me. Makeup is like, you know, we talk a lot about sexual abuse. We talk a lot about emotional abuse. We don't talk about financial abuse. We don't talk about, you know, the fact that, you know, women, not only do women tend to make less in some fields, I'm not a big, like women make less across the board. That's not true. Um, it's so much more complicated than that, but in most fields, um, it is like that for entertainers to talk about that really bothers me because it's just like actresses, like I made 5 million and I should be making 6 million like him. And America's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> is, is this uh, the problem of our day that you need another dollars? Like what's happening? So that's kind of a tricky conversation, but you know, in terms of the overhead of the things we need to buy and how expensive cosmetics are. And, um, and the financial abuse, I think, that really tends to happen with women because we're uncomfortable going asking for raises and we're uncomfortable going like, you know, um, asking for things that, you know, and we're so, I think it's so normalized that we just spend $500 a month or whatever on cosmetics. Like, it's just, that's, you know, so right. I always try to find creative ways to sort of save money. I'm very, I'm very stingy. I'm very penurious with money. Mm. I love it. I love it. Just because you have it doesn't mean you need to spend it. Yeah. 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 I feel like I'm trying to get more comfortable having money too. Cause like this next year is I'm set to make more than I have ever made. And it's a weird adjustment getting comfortable Mm -hmm. with making good money. I feel like I'm kind of, you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it's hard to like, not kind of like get yourself out of that mindset and like not punish yourself for certain things or like, Hey, I just made a really, a, a, a shit ton of money. In two hours, I could wrap up for the day, but I find myself like forcing myself mm-hmm. to work till five thirty for no fucking reason. And yeah. um, can you kind of share like what kind of mindset you've had to have with being good with money, and like what you know how that changed? Yeah, and I'm interested in to sort of track your journey because you know <laughs> when I first started making money, I didn't understand how money worked. No one taught me how money worked. Nobody taught me how to save. Like I had a joke in my first special, I think of like. How I, until like a year ago, I thought a 401k was a marathon. Like that wasn't a joke. Like I didn't know. I, no one, no one sits women down and explains, you know, this is, 
And also when you make money that you don't get all that money. If you get a check for a hundred dollars, you're not going home with a hundred dollars. You know, right. you, you keep yeah. about 35 to 40% of what we make. Most people listening or watching don't necessarily have agents, managers, but you have taxes and all these other things. So the first thing I do is take 30% out of my check and put it away and I never get to see it. Never even get to see it. Some people get taxes already taken out of their check before they get it. We don't, we get a check. I put it away because I don't want to see it. The first time I ever made a lot of money, the first time I ever had to pay taxes that I didn't get a refund the first year, I couldn't afford to pay my taxes because I had spent it all. It was like, oh. I didn't know. I was just like, oh no, but I, this is all mine. I just got this check for whatever, $20,000. And I thought I was rich. <laughs> but, um, and then I also didn't understand uh, with taxes, something that um, a really smart financial advisor said to me that helped because I kept making money, but I didn't have any money. So where's all this money going? Like, what are you doing? And I didn't understand the true value of a dollar. He said, basically double the amount of money everything costs because that's how much you have to make with taxes in order to be able to afford it. So if a, a sweater's $50, just pretend it's $100 because that's how much you have to earn to be able to afford it. So I started doubling the price of everything. And I literally, just that little life hack changed the way I spend money. So I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going to get an iced coffee. It's $4. And it's like, no, it's actually $8 because I have to earn $8 to be able to afford $4. Is it worth $8? Stops being worth it. Whoa. Wow. Love that's that. so smart. <gasps> it was such a game changer for me. Um, so that was a big one. Um, also, this is so silly, you know, like clothes are such a weird thing, you know, for for women. And, uh, when I was doing, there was a year where I was doing a couple shows simultaneously and I had to interview truly, I mean, hundreds of people. And I remember sitting there, uh, one day when we were going through resumes and deciding who to hire, I think for a talk show or something, I remember, uh, this guy was like, who was that girl that came in? What was, um, Lauren, what was she wearing? And we were like, and I realized no one gives a shit what you're wearing. We could like we kept trying to remember who the person was, being like, "What was she wearing? Was black shirt? Was blue shirt?" No one gives a shit. And I think I spent all this time like investing. I was like, "I need to spend all this money on these like great outfits for job interviews and stand up." No one cares. No one's. You need like five great tops and like three great pairs of jeans. And I used to spend so much money on clothes. You know, I think I was also trying on different personalities and I wore clothes as armor and, you know, I needed like this leather jacket and then, I, you know, and I think I was so desperate to sort of find an identity and express myself and um, hide that I spent a lot of money on different kinds of clothes to be like, am I this person? You know, I was sort of experimenting with different sort of personalities, frankly, and try to make people like me. As soon as I saw the motive behind why I was spending money, it changed the way I spent money. Am I doing this to get out of this discomfort I feel? Am I just going to go buy something to get a quick adrenaline hit? Because for me, when I buy stuff online, I immediately feel shame afterwards. I feel this like pit in my stomach of like, why the fuck did I just buy that? And I found that I was a little bit addicted to that rigmarole, that you're a piece of shit, you're so bad with money, just like that old um, sort of shitty radio station in your head of creating... Uh, this environment where I'm kind of in quicksand because I thrived in adversity for so long. And to your point, Delaney, like later, you know, when I started making money, I started spending a lot of it to recreate the circumstances of being broke because that was just my comfort zone, you know? So I almost like, I made a bunch of money 
And then the next, the next year I actually had less money when I made money. And, um, and that's my comfort zone, that adrenaline, that chaos, that cortisone, that shame, that, oh my God, I got to keep going. I was a little bit addicted to, to that, which I, I didn't realize, you know, it was almost like the way you used drugs and alcohol, you know, like it was like a ephemeral high of like, I just bought this thing and then it doesn't work. It doesn't fix anything, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. I heard you say uh, in an interview once, like that you thought when you were younger that to buy a house, you needed like <laughs> what the house cost yeah. in your oh. bank account. Yeah. And I was, I remember yeah. listening to that when I was younger going, I, I thought that too. <laughs> yeah. And my parents are realtors. And I thought that. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I was like, you don't have to just give it to them and then they give you the keys. Like what? Like I Hopefully just learned a what a mortgage is. <laughs> and yeah. my thing is like, yeah. this is going to sound very like new age goop or whatever. Like it's conscious spending. Like I can put it in my car. I, it's like porn, like with us and clothes and sometimes or makeup. It's like, you kind of just want to look at it and have it, but you don't really, you know, it doesn't um, solve any of our problems. It's like our biggest problem is spending and it's also clutter. You know, like those are yeah. <laughs> the two things. I'm like, I got to clean out my closet and I got to stop spending. It's like, you know, this is, they're going to cancel each other out. So I just have to kind of like step back and really analyze why do I think I need another pair of $200 jeans? I have, you know, five that I'm not wearing. What's going on? What am I, what email am I not wanting to respond to? What, yeah. What, like, what death am I not grieving? Like, what X right. do I want to text? Like, I think yeah. I just want to shame hit here. I think, and also because we know cooperation and productivity makes dopamine. I think there's also, I, I now will substitute if I want to like buy something instead because I really just my brain just wants me to be productive Oop, I bought that thing check box because you know I define my self-esteem has a linear relationship with my productivity right so my brain equates spending money buying jeans buying that new gloves buying a, a, I, I have enough masks I'm good on masks don't need to buy any more you know but we get dopamine and we get this false sense of security and control and we're like oh yeah that's what I need. I need to get a winter jacket. I need to get a, I don't have a winter jacket. You know, sometimes it's just me trying to feel safe and trying to feel in control. And I realized that spending $200 is actually going to make me feel worse later. So I sort of have to make go like, how can I make a positive contribution to my future self? Which is like, nothing feels better than you're about to buy something and it's in your cart and you're like, no, I don't need that. And that's how we build self-esteem, right? In order to build self-esteem, we have to do esteemable actions. So I'll kind of just like take myself to the edge with that pair of jeans and then like add it to cart and then be like, no, thanks. And then <laughs> feel great about myself. Oh my God. The best, better than spending money is not spending money. Such a, <laughs> such a jeans tease. I love it. The best <laughs> feeling to resist something. You know, that's how we feel yeah. pride. And we're like, okay, I have, um, you know, it makes me feel like I have, you know, integrity, but I grew up, I mean, I don't know your exact situations with your childhood. I grew up around a woman, you know, my mom worked in retail and it was all about what you were wearing and all about what shoes you had and all about what purse you had. And it was all about peacocking and flexing and, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. So I really do have a lot of that. Um, my value and self-worth is connected to the brands and the stuff I have. And, um, you know, I now sort of have a no brands rule. Um, just because I don't like, I know what I'm doing and it's, I'm trying to get people to like me. I'm trying to get people to think I have status. Like I just, you know, all those motives are just a little too sticky. Yeah. 
this is going to go kind of in conflict with everything you're saying. Taylor, are you thinking the same thing? Yeah, 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 go. (laughs) Okay, so we've all been basically like just masturbating to your skin. Like, how do we get your skin? So I know you just said you don't, we don't want to talk about promoting buying products, but I'm pro buying products. If you things, if you need them, you know, a lot of our spending is, you know, we're doing it to get the shame hit or to get status or to get love or to get self, you know, it's, Oh no, honey. Oh, I spend so much money on skincare. Um, but that is yes. an investment. We need that is, your skin. Yeah. That is an investment that is worthwhile to me. And, a, and that is a positive investment into my future self. Um, yeah. you know, so that is, but save the money on the dumb leopard print blouse. You're going to wear once frankly, right. and invest it in, you know, skincare or something that's actually going to right. benefit you. You all have incredible skin. What are you talking about? Oh, this you, got is that, you. you got that sheen, Kelsey. I'm into it. <laughs> you are very nice. I have no, been I'm literally, <laughs> I have been heckled by an old woman after like a show because of my oily face. She was like, it hurt my eyes. Like you need to powder your face. It was distracting from your comedy. I'm not kidding. Where, what, what, where, how old was this person? She was probably like late seventies. This is pretty, pretty recently, like right before quarantine hit. And is that um, your demo? What's happening? We need to work on your demographic. We need to work on your, <laughs> your targeted ads is what we need to do. I know. Clearly a woman who doesn't have to worry about moisture, like on her body anymore. Anymore. It's not anymore. an issue. Um, you're very nice. But we, so I, I do, I struggle with, um, oh, your famous dogs. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, I'm muting them. Go ahead. Sorry, Kelsey. Um, can you just give like some of your holy grail skincare products, things that have like really changed your skin for the better? Yeah. So I think to me, the key, I also want to start with saying for everybody listening, I historically have had awful skin. I was on Accutane twice. Um, I do. Yes! Did you do it twice? I did. 10 years. It was like at, at 15 or 16 and then 10 years later at 25. Truly a very similar story. I was, I think 15 and then at like 21. uh, I mean, this is, again, this is a product that has on the front, a pregnant woman in a red circle with a line through it. Uh, You cannot take it if you're pregnant. It will cause uh, birth defects. I mean, this is poison. We ate poison as children. um, And you have to take birth control every month. You have to take blood tests to prove you're not pregnant. Uh, the side effects include anal bleeding. Uh, I did not. <laughs> I, did not <laughs> I did not have that. Thankful. I don't know. How would I know? Maybe I did. I don't. Know. I remember sitting in class in high school and putting my uh, like you know to basically put my lean my head on my wrist. And for those not watching, I'm leaning on my wrist. And this just flake of skin. This like pastry flake just. When you know how paper in the wind kind of just like got stabbed, oh, like, like a like, croissant, yeah, it's like a little oh. piece of like flaky croissant, you know. And uh, you know, your skin just comes off and it pushes everything out. What it ultimately does is it shrinks your oil glands. So, you know, that is that. I just don't want everyone to be like, why is she weighing in if she just some people just genetically have good skin? I'm not one of them, I have really big pores. Um, it took me a long time to understand that oil is not bad for your skin. I found that in my 20s, I was in such a war with my skin. It was about punishing it and drying it 
and and a, putting abrasive things on it like alcohol and zit cream and squeezing it and I, I mean, I was at war with my body for a while too. I was that sort of, I'm used to that, but with my skin, it was all about burning it and searing it and lasering it and cortisone shotsing. And it took, I finally just was like, I'd had enough. And you guys asked me, our Taylor texted me earlier about, I think you guys talked about like quotes uh, mm-hmm. that, that yeah. you like. And, you know, it's just making me think of, of um, I'm in a 12 step program for codependence and the way that we define rock bottom is when your circumstances deteriorate faster than your ability to lower your standards for yourself and Mm. your circumstances deteriorate faster than your ability to lower your standards for yourself. That's what we Mm. sort of call rock bottom. And that's what started happening with my skin. Like I just, I couldn't keep up with, I I just couldn't burn it fast enough to, you know, it was just caught the very thing that I was fighting. I was actually exacerbating and causing, um, which is just so symbolic for so many things in my life of sometimes the best thing you can do to get the result you want is stop trying to get that result is to let go and kind of surrender. And I finally, it was just like, okay, this certainly isn't working. (laughs) like, like this certainly isn't working. And this to continue burning my skin with sick creams and alcohol and astringent and tanning and squeezing and popping, you know, this certainly isn't working to continue doing this would be insanity, literally doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And I just kind of gave up and left it the fuck alone and just used this grapeseed oil that a guy had given me when I was trying to laser off zits and within like three or four weeks, my skin completely changed because um, I stopped fucking with it so much. I stopped inflaming it so much, you know? Um, and so I really mostly do grapeseed oil, tomato seed oil. These are $5. Um, and what happened for me, I think a lot of people get really scared because they associate oil with zits. What normally happens is the more moisturize your faces, the more it looks like Kelsey's that your own oil glands are going to stop producing as much oil. So you're actually going to break out less. It's when your skin is so dry because we're always trying to dry it out. That's when it feels like it needs to produce more and more oil. And that's when you get those cystic zits. So it was almost like I just had to take an exact contrary action. Um, It's like the same thing when I had eating problems. I thought I couldn't eat fat. And when you only eat fat, you end up just eating sugar. And it has a complete, you know, opposite result. And then I started eating a bunch of fat and that's when... I was in the best shape. And it's just so anathema to the way we're wired. Right. Um, so I do that. I read a book called The Wrinkle Cure by Dr. Paracone. Um, oh. I don't publicly endorse any of his products because personally, I think there's cheaper ways to find them. Uh, he talks about alpha-lipoic acid, DMAE, and ester C, and uh, all in one compound. I buy one at Whole Foods. It's called Source Naturals Skin Eternal Serum. It's $24. Uh, I started using it when I was 26, I want to say. Within three months, people would like stop me on the street and ask me about my skin. I went Source from- Naturals? Oh. Skin. <laughs> yeah, Kelsey's it's gonna. It's going after it. I, I mean, I bought all of them. <laughs> Good luck finding them. Uh, yeah, they're all. When the quarantine happened, I ordered like twenty-five of them. They're upstairs. Um, <laughs> We're all writing this down. Source Natural yeah. Skin Eternal Serum. You just get it on. I get it at Whole Foods, Amazon. Um, okay. I wish there was like a women-owned store that we could promote here, so Jeff Bezos doesn't get all your money. But. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that ship has kind of sailed. Uh, and, um, 
And it like completely, completely changed my skin. It, it is a little bit abrasive, like use it every other day first because it does exfoliate a little bit. Okay. Um, people, if you guys know me at all, you probably know that I do do something called derma rolling, which is, you know, look, this, the beauty business is such a fucking scam <laughs> and <laughs> it's fine. We all need to feel individual and we need to feel like we have our thing and, you know, this is, and then we want beautiful packaging and like, I'm for all that, you know, I'm for toys and, and cosmetics being decorative and helping us escape. And, um, but it's mostly just all the same shit in a bottle. Right. And then, um, I started realizing like, I'm spending all this money on these creams and nothing's happening. Most of our products don't even absorb into our skin because of the amount of dead skin on top of it. So it's not like they say about 5% of your product is even absorbing into your skin. So I do this derma roller, which is these tiny, like tiny, tiny needles that you sort of put over your skin before you put your product on so that it can all kind of really get in that dermal layer. So that's a big one for me. Sleeping is huge. Um, I know this is going to, again, I also, by the way, wear a ton of makeup. (laughs) 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 To be clear, I have a a centimeter of caulk uh, (laughs) on my face. I mean, the makeup I wear is literal wax. It's it's actual wax. uh, Yeah, it's wax-based. So it doesn't run at all, and you can kind of just keep moving it around. I am a wax figure. I mean, this is. I'm also, <laughs> what brand is that? This is. Oh, you don't. I, this is special effects. <laughs> this is special effects makeup that I got on like ten years ago. But sorry, I have a hair in my mouth. Um, I I do use the Kagengo. K- am I saying it right? I use that sometimes. Oh, mm-hmm. Uh It's a beautiful Japanese makeup. And sometimes I use the Armani, like the sheer silk Armani it's called, which yeah. they use pretty much for all TV, all high def. They use that. Um, I really like uh, um, Hourglass is my favorite favorite and they're cruelty free. Um, some of it's a little thick, so I'll just mix it with like we sunscreen love, or, yeah. or another lotion. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, I think your, your fans will maybe um, vibe with this. You also can't have a stressful life. You have to take care of yourself. You know, you cannot, you have to sleep. You can't have people in your life that are making you feel bad and making you constantly produce cortisol. You know, I re- my skin got better as I got older, as I started cutting out toxic people in my life. You know, you simply can't... Um, mm. In yeah. my experience, you know, uh, I looked the worst <laughs> when I was in the worst relationships or with people that were vampires, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just that when you are, um, you know, sleeping and taking care of yourself, um, your skin is, is going to reflect that, you know, it's like your skin is kind of a mirror of what's going on inside. And the worst thing you can do for your skin is produce adrenaline and cortisol, like number one. Um, so that was a big one for me. There's a couple other products that I use, but I'm really simple. Like I really, um, kind of use, uh, super basic oils and creams and just slather myself. I can put it on, um, I can send you like a full list. I mean, it's a shocking amount of shit. I love, I mean, <laughs> would love, would love a full list. Oh, I can take you up there. I don't, I, uh, maybe at the end I'll take you to my bathroom. Um, yeah, I would love to know like cleanser, okay. like makeup. Oh, or you want to you want to get into it? Okay, yeah, yeah. Elsie <laughs> is coming. I, I appreciate. <laughs> I really appreciate you also sharing that you 
did not like you were not genetically blessed with perfect skin because honestly like when i've seen you in person i assume i'm like there's just that's just how she came out and oh wow that's very nice i've struggled with cystic acne for like literally 20 years and so to hear that like that is possible through changing things is very exciting i also sleep uh with headphones on so that my face doesn't touch the pillow all night oh wow trying to retrain myself. To so yeah, so it's like you really can't put a bunch of goop on your face. You spend, ha- you know, half of your day with your either phone touching, my phone never touches my face, never comes near my face. I never get facial, sorry. I don't, I don't think they help. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you guys to. <laughs> Whitney's oh gone to quiet her dogs down. Yeah. <laughs> Mommy's building her brand. <laughs> um, oh man! No, I. Uh, uh, what were we talking about? You have to remind me. Oh, um, just not sleeping, uh, not putting anything on your face, not touching. Oh, you were talking about. Face. Oh yeah, you cannot put your fucking face on a pillow all night. Are you insane? I have like a satin what if you get a special pillowcase the satin pillowcase that's so that your skin doesn't dry out and it doesn't take the moisture from it um but it's not gonna fully you know I mean think about it you're Um, just like clogging your pores all night and then are you overwatching your face I switched to just using water in the morning because at first I was doing washing morning at night so just you only use water to wash your face just in the morning now like okay. just that, but then at night I use cleanser. Should I go back to using cleanser? You're wild, Kelsey. <laughs> it's because of fucking Delaney. Delaney, hippie I am a hippie me to Stop doing that. Uh-huh. I use chia seed oil. I use rose yeah, water. Kelsey, That's pretty much she it. did. She did Accutane twice. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My shit came back though. It came back with a vengeance. I don't know if that happened to you. That's because you don't wash your face. <laughs> You have to wash your face. What are you talking about? What ended up clearing my skin is so I, after my second bout of Accutane, it came back like even worse. I was so upset. Uh, I went vegan and it's been clear ever since. And now I use chia seed oil and some rose water. And I wash, I just wipe my face with a washcloth and I use like the cocoa kind products, like the sea, the sea moss exfoliator. But not bad. I barely, I barely have makeup on right now. This Sounds is like fucking gross. <laughs> I, thank you. Welcome to the fucking club. I a told her that 13 cloth? times a day. Oh, a washcloth? That is like literally how it started. From a washcloth. It was the washcloth that the bat was in. Um, please don't put a washcloth near your face. Kelsey, we'll, we'll work through this. Um, no, I mean, I think, look, look, I love science. I love things that work. I'm not of the mind that everything is carcinogenic, you know, like I'm not super anti like hydrolonic acid, alpha-lipoic acid, like lactic acid, like all that shit works and is great. I think it's just finding, you know, kind of what works for you. We spend a lot of time traveling hopefully again soon and we're on planes and our skin is dealing with lots of different, you know, elements and stuff. But I think, um, uh, Tons of oil. I think I clean my face in the morning usually with grapeseed oil. Um, you know, but I think it's just everybody's skin's a little bit different. And uh, what is the makeup you're using, Kelsey? I use um, the Laura Mercier Flawless Fusion Foundation. 
don't like. I mean, I know that oil, it's a lot of oil, isn't it? And it's a lot of, it's very like thick, I think. That one, they have like a more glowy version of it. And that is pretty oily because I'm so, I have such oily skin. I don't go with anything that's like dewy Mm -hmm. based. I try Mm -hmm. to go more matte, but, um, I don't know. Fuck. I, yeah. I know that like the ingredients in that aren't clean or anything. I just like the yeah. way that one looks. Yeah. But sometimes if you use the clean products, those are very like coconut oil based, which can then clog your pores. Yeah. I, it depends. I mean, it's like anything tolerance, you know, I mean, think of it as like your skin is an organ, right? It's like a, it's like a muscle in a way. And it's like, when you go to the gym, you're going to like, you know, lift 10 pounds and then for a couple of days, and then you're going to lift 20 pounds, you know, and you're going to build. Yeah. So, want to use something thick like a coconut oil or whatever my thing is i'll just like ease my skin into it right just do like a little bit at a time yeah that professional welder shana ford used vr training developed by forge fx to hone her skills as a welder the more time that you spend practicing it that's what separates a good welder from a great welder vr training can help students like shana repeatedly practice specific skills Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Lotion, oh, the Biologique Recherche Lotion P70 is a game changer. Um, Writing that down, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, called, it's an astringent, uh, an exfoliating astringent. It's a French company called Biologique Recherche. Uh, it's what every facialist that makes a ton of money off of Hollywood actresses uses and then pretends they're the reason their skin is good. Um, oh. It's just, in, it's, in, it's incredible. And if your skin is sensitive, do the lotion P70. Lotion it's not piece. that cheap, but it's very worth it. Okay. If you're going to spend money on a product. This yeah. is what never spend money on moisturizer ever, ever. There's no need to ever spend a ton of money on moisturizer. You can use right you know, coconut oil, something olive oil based, cocoa butter, shea butter, like that all works. This actually is, is worth the money. Okay. Okay. Ugh. I have a question. Do you guys still, do you still use the new face thing? I don't. Whitney, you don't I, use it anymore. I did. Like, I just, I, it could have been working. Maybe it's why I look better. Cause everyone seems to think I, I look better now or people think I got like a facelift. Like, um, you know, for, it could have worked. I just don't use it anymore because it's just too much work. And for me, the stress it was causing me to find the time to do it, I feel like was canceling out whatever benefits it was giving me. Uh, you know, the right. last thing I need right now is like more homework um, <laughs> and more obligations. So for me, I, I, I think it, it might work. I'd have to look more into the science of it. The same with the LED light. I have the LED mask that I think really works. Um, I just... We also cannot, in our wellness journey, uh, create the stress we're supposed to be trying to alleviate with the self-care behavior. So yeah. whenever I see someone mm. like, I got to get to yoga, I'm like, is it <laughs> yoga that it's supposed to make your life better? You know, when I, 
people that are like so stressed out about their wellness journey. Um, like, dude, I just, I think sometimes for me, we have to make sure that we, you know, um, find the balance of like what's something we're not stressing ourselves out with the very routine that is supposed to make us healthier. Yeah. You said something, Whitney, I would love to, if you don't mind expanding, you talked about like cutting toxic people out of your life. We yeah. get so many emails from listeners on how to cut toxic people out of your life. How do you do it? What steps do you take? Can you kind of speak on that uh, in your experience? If you're working with them, I, I guess it would be a case by case basis. Like I don't want to, in my work environment, you know, I, I'm very lucky that I get to sort of, if someone's toxic, I get to kind of cut them out. I know a lot of people are not in that situation. So I'll speak mostly um, personally. Um, there's no, it is very black and white. There is no way to negotiate cutting out a toxic person because they wouldn't be toxic, right? If they handled rejection well, uh, or if they handled criticism well, you know, I've tried to negotiate with the narcissist. I've tried to control the narcissist. I've tried to beguile the narcissist and manipulate them by making myself smaller or funnier or less than, um, or making them laugh or being the clown. I've, I've done everything to try to change the toxic person or to try to make it their idea It'll never be their idea. You know, I spent a lot of time being like, oh no, they'll just stop calling me if I just see them every day. Like what, it doesn't, you know, they'll get sick of me or something. Yeah. Like I had all these, um, you just have to um, cut contact and just try to avoid the afterburn of the guilt and shame. And I think the thing that really helped me understand or to do it and understand um, is that when we are in the lives of sick people and narcissists. Like we're not helping them. We're not being nice to them. Like it's so mean to cut this person out. Like the meanest thing you can do is enable the person and let them think that this behavior is actually uh, sustainable because then they're going to be alone forever because people are only with them because they feel guilt and fear. Um, and they're in some kind of sick, uh, you know, you can um, cut them off like and release, like release them and give them the opportunity to grow, give them a consequence so that they can go grow. Um, if you really care about them. So, um, and then yourself, you know, I think that also it's funny, um, people that are like, I need to be nice to this narcissist or be in this relationship with this sick person. You know, it's so funny. Like, you know, we say in program that insecure narcissistic take of, we say, it's like, I'm a piece of shit in the center of the universe. Like you think you're the only person who can help this or I'm the only person that understands them and they need me. They don't, they don't need you. They don't understand you. They'll move on to someone else. The vampires always find blood to suck. You're not special. You know, we get, I think sometimes conflate these really intense, passionate relationships where we have chemistry. It's usually just some way that we're recreating our childhood circumstances. And I think it's important for people to remember that are in toxic things like you do have a part in it. And you're not, if it's not an abusive relationship, if it's just like a toxic girlfriend or like you, you're an adult, you can leave. Um, a lot of people that are in, I find really toxic relationships don't want to get out. They get some kind of feeling of being useful or needed or drama or something. It took me a long time when I saw friends in bad relationships and they would spend hours telling me how bad they were. And then I'd be like, well, let's get you out. And what about, and then it was like, Oh no, you want this. <laughs> you want this. Like, this is perfect for you. Like you love the drama. You love the, you, you know, 
So I think you also, um, you're not going to get out till you're ready. And, you know, again, like you're, um, you'll hit your rock bottom, like your circumstances will deteriorate faster than your ability to lower your standards for yourself. And then you'll know, you know, um, but I think that a lot of the trouble we have with cutting out toxic people is we are worried they're not going to like us, but them liking you, that's not going great. Yeah. Maybe Mm. the best thing you can do is have them stop liking you so that you can be liberated from the relationship. You know, we're like, I want to cut this person out, but I don't want them to not like me. It's like, well, what is it? Like, (laughs) right. Because right now they like you and it seems like it's a nightmare. Like maybe the best version is they don't, you know? And, um, you know, so I think it's really just, uh, it, 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 it took me a long time. I was certainly not able to really do it in my twenties. I also, didn't even know relationships were toxic when I was in them. I thought it was just like, you know, I was trauma bonding with people and I thought we had like intense intimacy and turns out there were lots of strings attached. Anytime you're in a relationship and you feel guilt, you feel like you're doing things out of obligation or leave the relationship with less energy. You know, when you see them, if you leave with less energy than when you came in, they're probably toxic is my guess. Mm. That was oh my gosh. That was so good. I'm I mean- I'm like, well, he's taking notes. I feel like I'm notes. rambling. I feel like I'm rambling, but yeah, it's just like, no. here's what I'll say. Like, so most of them won't notice. Like, a lot of times we're in toxic relationships that we keep going. We keep them going because we're worried they're going to get mad if we pull away. Meanwhile, they probably won't even notice. It's <laughs> like, yeah. just stop texting them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I think sometimes we just sort of forget our, just stop. Just stop. Like yeah. literally just stop making plans with them. <laughs> like, yeah. We've one, one of my exes um, had borderline and we've talked before about with a situation like that. Um, it's yeah. like that they can kind of sometimes be like a slot machine where if you don't reward, if there's no more payout, then they'll just go find another slot machine. Yeah. So it's like, which in the moment you're like, well, that feels like shit. Like you want to feel like you're the only slot machine that can make them happy. And That's right. if you keep up in that toxic cycle, it's like, you have to know that they can get that feeling from somewhere else. And you don't, they, have to you're not special. No offense. I have great news. You're not special. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. right. if there's something kind of, cause we do, we get so into like, this is, I'm the only person that can help them. And I'm the only person. And we have this past life thing or it's just not true. Um, uh, fortunately and unfortunately. Um, yeah. And borderline is particularly tricky. It seems like you guys have talked about it a lot. And, uh, they say the worst thing you can do for someone who has borderline personality disorder, it's a disorder I have an immense compassion for because it's not, it's not made up. They feel it. It's they, they truly feel the way they feel. They're not faking it. They're not trying to manipulate you. You know, it's, um, they really feel that pain as unwarranted as it may seem to us, you just said something and they received it as this, you know, sort of catastrophic criticism, whereas you're just trying to draw a boundary for yourself or take care of yourself and it truly hurts them, you know? So it's, it's a, it's maddening, um, those relationships. And I've been in many and, um, they say the worst thing you can basically do to a borderline is tell them they're borderline. Uh, because then now they, you know, you're giving them another thing to be sort of upset about. But I think a lot of times when we're in toxic relationships, especially mature women like you, smart, 
um, emotionally intelligent women, we want to go to the problem for the solution. And the problem doesn't have the solution. That's why it's the problem. So if I have a problem with Taylor, you know, uh, you know, I want to go like, Hey, you need to solve this problem you created. You know, it's like, no shit. What we say in program is you don't go to the problem for the solution. You go to the program for the solution and you take your solution to the relationship. And that solution might be doing nothing. That solution Mm -hmm. might be saying absolutely nothing. And I think that especially women right now, because we're being told like, stand up for yourself and like, don't be afraid of confrontation and lean in. Like, that's not always the safest thing for you. That's not always the most productive mm. strategy. Going to a crazy person, being like, hey, you're crazy. I need you to stop being crazy. That's never going to work. That's not mm. mature. That's not adult. That's not going to yield the results you want. And the most adult thing you can do sometimes is go like, you know what? I know that I'm right. And I know that that person is wrong and has been out of line. And I'm going to forgive them because we forgive others, not because they deserve forgiveness, but because we deserve peace. Forgiveness is for us. It's not for them, right? Right. Like we say, like taking poison and expecting the other person to die, you know? It's like (laughs) we're being eaten up by someone else's behavior, right? So I'd like one of the the healthiest thing I can do is just like let you go and not need to keep score and and need you. You know, it's funny. Neil Brennan once uh, said something to me that was so funny. Um, We were like talking about, you know, just the business and how you sort of rack up all this pain and and you start getting sort of bitter from all these um, just sort of wounds from the constant rejections and embarrassments and humiliations. They're coming uh, for you three. And um, and I remember saying to Neil, like, what do you need? Like, what would fix it? What would fix it for you? And he just went, I just want an apology. That's what we want. Like as our inner children want someone to go, Hey, Kelsey, I know I'm borderline and I ruined your birthday and I ruined that night out. And I, I, I and I'm sorry. And you'd yeah. be like, thank you. And you, <laughs> but you're never going to get it. Right. Cause mm-hmm. they don't think they did it. They think you owe them an apology. Right. Do you know what I mean? They don't think they did anything wrong, which is why they're not apologizing, which is why we're in this jam, you know? So that's where the acceptance comes in of just like, oh yeah, I got fucked and I'm never going to get an apology. I'm never going to get that time back. The only thing I can do is cut my losses and just uh, unhook, you know, because we get these hooks put in of like, but you owe me this thing. And we get bonded to people when they hurt us. Um, Mm. and that's confusing, you know, that trauma bond and we're prideful people. And, uh, you know, anyone listening to this, I think is a successful person who probably doesn't like failing. And we tend to equate relationships ending or not working with failing. And as women, we can shape shift and we can manage other people's emotions and we can create harmony and we can, you know, get people to stop crying and we can get people to stop fighting and people come to us to be like, I mean, you see it when you go out on the road, it's like these people that are like, we're in a bad marriage. Can you just give us a good night out? And <laughs> yeah, and we can do it. We can, you know, um, and you can fix someone and change someone for a short amount of time. And then back to your, you know, becomes back to your metaphor becomes a gambling addiction. It's just, then you're just, you're gonna have one great night. And then you're going to be doing that next month to try to get that one great night back and you'll get it. Yeah. You know, but it's just a matter of, um, you know, someone said to me once I was in a really bad relationship and 
it was so bad. I forgot. I, you, you also have to watch yourself. You have to watch women. We have an incredible tolerance for pain and we have an incredible ability to adapt to unhealthy situations. Incredible. Um, and watch yourself in a painful, toxic relationship, how much you're able to normalize to the point where it sometimes takes an outside person, you know, I was in a toxic relationship with someone and another friend had to watch the person screaming at me in public. I had to look at her face and I was going, oh, this is just crazy so-and-so going on the rant. You know, like mm. it was so normalized to me. My brain had found a way um, as a survival mechanism to minimize the behavior. We minimize and we rationalize, right? Um, and I looked at a girlfriend's mind, mine's face and she was horrified. And I was like, oh, this isn't appropriate. Like I needed someone else to show me because I had lowered my standards so much and allowed this to go on for so long because um, I would rather degrade myself than have an uncomfortable conversation Um, or Mm. risk the aftermath of, of leaving, which would mean hurting a man's ego. And I was taught that that was the worst thing that you could possibly do. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you're so right. The only person that you can change long-term is yourself. And that's another thing about toxic relationships that are so hard is like, sometimes you're the toxic one or you're both toxic and you're making each other toxic and both of your traumatic, you know, like experiences are just bumping up against each other. (laughs) Whitney's just dancing to me talking about trauma. To me, that is just the most badass gangster shit you can say. You know, I think that our perfectionism is women of we have to be perfect and we have to be the straight A student. And we have to be the goody shoes, two shoes, and we have to be the prom queen and we have to come in first all the time. It's like, it's not a failure to say, oh, hey, I'm kind of fucking toxic sometimes. Like I get jealous and I was too sensitive there. And I was, I mean, I still do this shit. Like, like I'm hooking up with this guy. I don't even know what it is. Whatever you guys call it, hooking up. I don't even know. I'm fucking my vet. And uh, you're making someone's dreams come true. I mean, truly, that's what you're doing. I am uh, in a Catholic from the '90s, and I found myself like not hearing from him and. And being like, I need to post this photo of me in a bathing suit on Instagram. Like, I found myself wanting to calculate. I found myself wanting to manipulate. And it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It just means I'm scared. And it just means I'm fearful. And I'm trying to control a situation that, you know, it just means I'm starting to feel stuff. And that there's inevitably going to be some kind of pain, whether it's tomorrow or in a month or in two years. It Our brain is designed to avoid pain. That's it. So any, if you're acting toxic, don't, you don't have to use that word. It's so pejorative. It's just sort of like, oh, I'm in fear. I'm fearful. And this, in this this relationship, this person just makes me fearful, whether it's my childhood, whether it's my epigenetics, whether it's, you know, sort of trauma, whether it's attachment styles, it doesn't really matter, you know, and which is why, you know, I always say when the I love you conversation comes up or when people trying to figure out if they love somebody, you know, don't focus on what they're doing, focusing on focus on who you are in the relationship. Are you the best version of yourself? Like, are you able to be calm and relaxed and focused? Are you able to read a book next to them without like, check? are you Matt? What do you, huh? what, like without, are you like, can you be around them without performing? Uh, can you be around them without depleting your energy um, and pretending? 
Um, can you be authentic? That's when you love someone, not when, you know, um, you need them in any way. And not when I can't live without you, you should absolutely be able to live without somebody. Um, and yeah. if you don't think you can live without them, you're in some kind of addictive old magnet syndrome shit fuck. Uh, you're in a fuck. <laughs> yeah. You're in yeah. a fuck. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. You know, it took me a long time. And, and I always uh, used to conflate uh, sort of a healthy, serene relationship and a lack of like needing each other as like boredom. And it took me a long time to realize that boredom and serenity are not the same thing. And I tend to think serenity is boredom. Um, feeling safe is boring. Uh, it took me a long time to get to that. Because I used to think toxic just meant like, we're soulmates. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The last time I saw you, Whitney, you said something so interesting about guys like saying what we want to hear. And then once they say it, we're like, mm, I don't even like oh, God. buy into that. Oh my God. I That like blew my mind where you were like, <laughs> they... You, what did, how did you say it? you were like romantic comedies have like influenced men's brains too where they watched oh, yeah. going like oh that's what you want you want me to say like I've never met anybody like you and I've never felt this way and then they say it and we're just like okay. I don't buy go. this here we go uh, which is just truly I say out loud here we go like I can't even hide <laughs> my disgust uh, for anything um yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's a couple things. It's like, yes, I think we, we think that we're super progressive when we talk about how like women were brainwashed by Disney movies and romantic comedies and like boys were watching all that shit too. <laughs> like, yeah. I love, yeah. I love that people think that like, who do you think these girls were going to these movies with? Like they're dads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they watched Patrick Dempsey and all these, you know, they watched, you know, Tom Hanks and Sleepless in Seattle. They watched all the same shit we did, you know, and they learned grandiose, if you behave badly, a grandiose gesture will fix it. Show up at the airport, mm -hmm. show up at her work, at her work. <laughs> that is how meaningless her job is. You can just show up whenever you want at her off, at her place of business. <laughs> Storm into the office. Like she's not doing anything important anyway. So at any right. moment. And Go to the airport, like get, make her late for her flight, make her miss her flight. She doesn't have anywhere to go on her business trip. Yeah, that's cute. Um, <laughs> Just drive me to the airport. Yeah, like, <laughs> so I saw this pattern of men that would behave badly with me, but then it would be like, but I love you. Like, but here's this poem, yeah. or here's this, or I'm, they just show up at your house and you're like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know, right. and uh, they saw John Cusack holding up the fucking stereo like they saw all that shit. So they think like, you know, if I behaved really horribly, I just need to do a grandiose gesture and sweep her off her feet and say something that is going to make her feel like she's in the notebook and sweep it all under the rug, you know. Um, but I, I do think it's, it's tricky because there's a fine line between asking for what you want in a relationship and scripting your relationship to the point to where when they do what you want them to do, you don't believe that it, they did it because they wanted to. It's the, I want you to wash the, I want you to want to wash the dishes thing of like, for people that want to like pressure their person to propose to them or pressure their person to say, I love you. The more you, we say, when you chase something, you chase it away. 
right? When you do manipulate and, you know, calculate and try to, you know, because I work with um, trained horses and this is really how I learned about that is basically like you can use carrots and you can use, you know, uh, in relationships, sex to control someone, your Instagram to control someone, you can trick them and you can, you know, pretend that you're seeing other people to make them jealous. But then when you do get them, you're always going to wonder if it's really about you or if it's just because you manipulated them to doing all those things. Mm. So even when you do get the thing you want, you're not going to trust it. You know, Mm, you're not going to trust that it's, um, and that's a really empty, lonely feeling. It's like, I got you, but I had to do all that fucking conniving. You know, I had to do all that mental gymnastics and then you're mad at them. You're mad at yourself. (laughs) Um, And the relationship's not based on, sort of gravitating. It's based on manipulating or trying to control. Um, you got the thing you wanted and now you're questioning the thing's motives, which is such a shitty feeling. Like I've done that in a couple of, I was like, I can get you. Like I'll get you. It's going to take some work and some manipulating and calculating. And I'm gonna have to pretend to be someone else, but I can do it. Uh, (laughs) and then you get it and you're like, well, you're only here because I pretended to be someone else. And they're like, oh, fuck you, dude. I mean, why, did you, why did you just suck me into this? Like, I, you know. Right. Yeah. So it took me a long time uh, to kind of not have a sort of set script of, of timeline expectations um, of what I wanted. Yeah. That makes any sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I could... I, I could ask you questions for like five hours. I know. Is, seriously, I have so many, but <laughs> it's oh, bro, I don't care. let's yeah, do more. Are you sure? Yes, totally. I, feel like I don't feel pressure to. <laughs> Del, did you have something? There, I, I'm picturing you guys I, I in like a side so chain being like, wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> no, it's I the opposite. So I just want to be respectful. Like, totally, as long as you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, no, just like, oh man. You mean the light? Yeah. I was just going to ask you, Whitney, because obviously you've reached an, an amazing amount of success. You're obviously, you've done so much work on yourself. It obviously really shows. And like, I think we're all kind of starting to hit po- points in our career. Where we're like, oh shit, this is working. Like we're like, this is great. We're making money, all this stuff. And we're realizing, oh shit, we don't feel different in a lot of ways, you know? And so I was just kind of, if you, if you can kind of speak on like being a public figure, the highs and lows of that. And like, I don't know how you kind of manage that. There is no end game, right? Like, even though you're where, <laughs> where you're at, it's like, are you still like, oh, I, I want to do X, Y, and Z, or I feel like I'm not there yet. Or... Yeah, that's interesting. No, I think anyone who thinks they're there yet is never got there. Like, you can't ever think that way, you know? I mean, I still see myself, you know, I'm able to be grateful for what I have and see what I have and know my place in the business and know my leverage and know my value and know how much I can push to get more money. I know what I deserve. Um, I understand all that, but I, I very much, um, you know, think that because my goal, my main goal is to every time I make a special have comedians be impressed. It's a goal I'll never accomplish. So there's a certain point where you realize what does it for you, what makes you feel pride. 
And it's taken me a long time to realize that's the only emotion that I feel comfortable sitting in. Like happiness, like, okay, I don't know what that really means. For me, it means pride in my behavior, in my choices, um, having integrity and dignity and knowing when I'm alone and no one else is around that I've done the right thing. And, um, you know, that imposter syndrome, there's nothing worse than succeeding and being like, oh, it's just like I pulled one over on them. Like that's a horrible feeling. So success, if it's like, not earned or accidental or like sort of, um, cause I used to, I used to kind of, uh, you know, I would write roast jokes that, you know, like other people would do and I would feel shame around them. So I'm like, well, they performed it. And like, I hated getting attention around things that I only wrote and didn't perform. It was just like this weird, um, feeling where I, I think adulation for me, if it's not earned, um, is, can feel really actually gross, which that, you know, might be a maladaptive uh, reaction because of how I grew up around narcissists or not. But for me, it's about pride. And I think if you set a goal that is something you can never quite achieve, uh, you're always going to be really driven and your engine's not going to just like go away once you get a house, you know, or whatever it is. Um, and no, I mean, a check doesn't fix your childhood. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, you know, they say that money is like alcohol. It sort of just brings out more of who you are. You know, some people, when they drink, they just become racist. You're like, oh no, that's always who you were. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so, and for me, I think I'm always sort of trying to do things that I haven't done. You know, I'm like, if I create a show that goes for a long time, I'm then kind of like, I kind of want to direct like a tiny little movie. Um, and then I'm like, that wasn't for me. I'm now going to sort of um, try to do a special with no relationship humor in it just because I haven't done that yet. You know, I think, um, I think you, when your self-esteem is like hovering right above sea level, you're always going to want to do things that um, you don't think you're good at to sort of impress yourself and make sure that um, you're not plateauing in any way. And the business is changing so much. There's no way any of us can be number one at anything. Uh, because as soon as you get good at something, the business changes, <laughs> you know, like I, as soon as I became incredibly good at making television shows, it was all of a sudden like, wait, we're not making multicams anymore. And like, okay, I just got really good at that. Right. Um, you know, or you're right. like, Oh, I just got really good at Instagram. And they're like, it's TikTok now. And you're like, fuck, like I just got this one down. <laughs> so right. sort of, you know, so I think also just with the way, you know, when people are like, how do I stay motivated? Even, you know, it's like, you're going to have to keep being an open micer forever now <laughs> because there's always going to be like a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I have one last thing, if that's okay. Yes. Tay, do you have anything else? No, 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 you go. Okay. If you could give 30-year-old you a piece of career advice and a piece of relationship advice, what would you say? Um, I also like, I'm going to say something really gross. Like, I also want to make literally so much money that I, I do. Why can't, I mean, I just, yeah. I, uh, why not? Like I right. want to make, so, like my mom went into a nursing home very suddenly without health insurance. My dad had a stroke, uh, uh, without health insurance, went into the ICU for 60 days. I had family members that went into rehab, which is just astronomically exorbitant, expensive. Um, you know, I love being able to pay for a dog to get surgery or rescue a dog. Like I'm trying to get an elephant out of Florida, out of the fucking circus. Like, you know, I don't think of money as like, I want a Bentley. Like I don't buy shit. I mean, I literally spend my money on horse photographs. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
you know, but I think that just with what's going on in the world right now, I just think that money should be redistributed to women. <laughs> and um, I'm not going to use it to buy Gucci clothes or anything, but to me, money is freedom, um, you know? And I remember when the, the fires happened in Malibu, um, I couldn't get a flight. And that's the first time I chartered a private plane for myself, you know? And I was just like, you know what? I am so grateful that I've worked my ass off to be able to have this freedom to go get my horse out of a fire zone and do this yeah. super extravagant thing. That's not how I live all the time, but I want to spend money so that I can take care of myself if I'm in trouble. I can take care of my friends and family. So I just think to have the goal of being able to spend a lot of money when a crisis inevitably comes is a good one to have. Yeah. Um, so that's the other thing. I just want to make a ton of money so that I can give it to people if they need it. That's amazing. Um, the advice that yeah. I would give uh, my 30 year old self, um, Jesus. I know, sorry, it's kind of a, that's a No, question. it's a good one. It's a really good one. I mean, I, I would say getting, that's about, I went, I got in a 12 step program a little bit before that. And okay. here's the deal with 12 step programs. Like you don't have to have a drinking problem. You don't have to have a sex problem. You don't have to have a gambling problem or an eating problem. Like what it really is, it, you don't have to be like drinking out of a paper bag and being a bum. Like what 12 step programs have you know done for me is help me to reparent myself and help me just realize that I have more choices than I thought and, and release shame. You know, I think because women have been expected to be perfect and flawless and feminine and uh, for so long, what 12 step programs do is a bunch of people get in a room and they release shame and shame is the engine for maladaptive behavior. So it's, I would say getting, get in the 12 step program and take it seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, the one I'm in is Al-Anon, which is if you've grown up in a dysfunctional home and basically live your life using tools and weapons that worked when you were a kid and they're just no longer working for you, that's really all it is. Um, yeah. People are like, but don't you have to have an alcoholic raise you? We say in order to have alcoholism present, alcohol doesn't have to be present. So a lot of the maladaptive behaviors we get when we grow up in quote alcoholic homes is we try to micromanage and martyr ourselves and mother ourselves. We want to rescue people. We're in relationships we don't want to be in. We do things out of guilt and obligation. We have a hard time saying no. We self-deprive. Um, we take on too many workloads. Uh, we do too much. Um, we sort of uh, martyr ourselves onto other people under the guise of being nice and helpful. We're the people pleasers, the shapeshifters, the people who are kind of just always exhausted because we're always taking care of other people. And we never think anything we've done is good enough. Um, we feel guilt when we've done nothing wrong. Uh, we're the people who, you know, can't fire someone, even they've been terrible at their job for five years. <laughs> you know, we're the people that confuse love and pity um, and uh, can't tolerate discomfort of other people feeling rejected or criticized. Um, I'm great because I have a uh, leaf blower right outside and it's probably really making a horrible noise. I don't feel guilt. I feel fine about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is recovery. I'm not stressing out. Um, not at all, buddy. Um, <laughs> I would say get into a program. It's free therapy. It's free therapy. If you can yeah. go to therapy, that's great. Like I do some versions of therapy, but like, frankly, therapy kind of gave me the illusion that I was more, um, healed than I was. 
And oh, it gave, interesting. Me, gave me a little bit of an ego. That's just me. I was like, well, I'm in therapy. So like, fucking fuck you. Like, and I would go into therapists and lie to them. And like, I play therapists, like, you know, you can go into a therapist and kind of, um, you know, exploit that situation as a way to be sanctimonious and superior in your other relationships or to think like, well, I went to therapy. Now I can be an asshole for the rest of the week, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I think, yeah. that, and, and, you know, if a therapist doesn't recommend a 12 step program, if you have any kind of compulsive behaviors, I really question them because it's like, it's like going to the gym. A 12 step program is like going to the gym for your brain. Yeah. Um, and you just learn some really incredible tools about sort of how to say no how to not have every one of your holidays with your family be a complete fucking disaster, how to just release anger. Like when I was 30, I was so angry and uh, scared. I was so scared all the time. And I had so much grief. I didn't realize how much grief I was carrying around. You know, grief is a motherfucker and you don't have to have a death in your family to feel grief. Um, I also didn't realize how much I had been cast in a role when I was a child and I was still kind of playing that role, but the show had been canceled and I was still kind of doing that part of, I need to cheer everyone up all the time and I need to be funny all the time. And I need to be like tough and quippy. And I need, you know, I was very defensive. I thought I was at war with everyone all the time. I thought I did like be really tough. What up motherfucker? Like I was just very, um, you know, I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. Uh, kind of mentality. I also, this is going to sound ironic given how much I'm bloviating here, but I also didn't know how to shut up and just listen. I was always so ready for the thing I'm going to say after what you say to make you like me and make you laugh. And like, I had to sort of like, it just took me so long to realize that the alpha sleeps and that truly powerful people don't have to prove to everyone how powerful they are. You can just be quiet and mm. usually the quieter you are the smarter everybody thinks you are uh mm -hmm. just like a little life hack just the less <laughs> you talk the more people listen when you do talk so if you are sitting your boyfriend down for three hours to be like i need to talk to you about all the things that are bothering me he tuned out after five minutes so <laughs> the less you talk the more they'll actually hear you tears <laughs> 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 open at her notepad <laughs> <laughs> they can't hear you. They can't hear you. Yeah. Like, it's just pick the thing you want to get through to the person today and say only that on a loop. And then yeah. the thing about that thing you do, we'll get to that next week. You can't just be like, here's the list of notes I have for you. Like, and it's just, think about, I mean, people shut down. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being in a relationship with you? Like that's what oh. <laughs> Ouch, Whitney. Ouch. <laughs> I don't mean you, Taylor. I just mean you. No, you do. That was <laughs> I ouch. Do, I do. I do. <laughs> um, but uh no, I would love to be sick around you. You really go full Dr. Quinn medicine woman when your man is sick. Do you remember? Taylor was texting me. She's like, he's really sick. He's in bed. I was like, get out of there before you fall out of love with him. I promise you. It's so gross when guys are sick. You cannot see him like that. It's not fair to either of you. Um, no, but I mean, if someone said it once, like, be the person that you would want to date. Would you want to date you? Like, would you want to sit down and be lectured? Every week mm. about all the things you're doing wrong, 
you know, yeah. positive reinforcement goes a really long way. You know, dog training has been really therapeutic for me because I don't mean to be the hack that's like comparing dogs to men. I'm not doing that. I think it, it, it works for everyone. I'm like, when you're constantly just telling people everything they're doing is wrong, they're just like, you know, you have to, positive reinforcement is the best way to get sort of the behavior that you want. And if you find yourself constantly lecturing someone that of all the things you're doing wrong, just get out of the relationship. What are you doing? You don't have to right. be there. There's, I think you said this, Taylor, like there's plenty of people I could date that could be my soulmate. I have plenty of soulmates. Right. Like we don't yeah. have to do this is like, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Like we're not stuck <laughs> in, this isn't the room. We're not stuck here. Like we don't yeah. have to do this. Like let's just call it. Like what are we doing? So I think you have to decide your tolerance. Um, and I think that again, because- there's this sort of platitude of that like relationships take work. Like, um, okay, I have a job. I have a couple, like I'm good. So I think we have to just, I think you have to decide how many jobs you want, you know? Um, and if relationship starts to feel like a job, like what, what, okay, why? What, they, someone just told us that who said that, who said that? Yeah. I wanna, who said it? We're just like, we blindly follow these quotes that we like have decided are poignant that like, like, like I need to know the source of the quote. Um, right. like Elizabeth Taylor could have said it. She had eight husbands. Like I'm not taking advice from <laughs> right. you. I'm not, you have to be careful who you take advice from also. Yeah. That would maybe be something that at my 30 years old self, I'd say like, take advice, but good advice and consider the person you're taking the advice from when people are like, yo bitch, you just need to like, fuck him. Like, fuck him. Like, it's like, okay, well you've been single for 20 years. So why am I taking <laughs> advice from you? <laughs> like, you know? Right. And, um, so I think that it's important to really, there's so much sort of pseudo, sort of psychology on Instagram now. And I'm seeing a lot of women, uh, and I don't want to say millennials. I don't think it's just like a, people always want to blame millennials for it. I don't know why they're so mad at millennials, but, um, they want to say, it's a lot of like, stand up for yourself. Don't take any shit. Like love yourself. Which is just like, it's kind of, um, encouraging this unnecessary conflict, uh, mentality mm -hmm. that is, disguised as like confidence, uh, and mm. not taking your shit anymore. Um, and you know, I said this earlier, uh, but there's this wolf sanctuary in, uh, Palmdale, California, where they, um, rehabilitate, uh, wolves that have been bred to fight or been abused or whatever. There's a big, like underground wolf trafficking sort of business, which is what oh, I do wow. on, um, yeah, I have cool hobbies. Um, and <laughs> I, uh, they go and they, they bring in these, um, you know, younger teenage boys, um, uh, that are in rehab or that, you know, or have committed some kind of crime and they're juvenile delinquents or they're in, you know, at risk youth and they come in and they have lots of aggression issues and have trouble obviously articulating emotions and conflict is the only way they know how to solve, um, uh, a problem is with aggression and they show them all the wolves and there's, you know, the wolf pack is about 10, 12 wolves, right? And they say, okay, here's all the wolves. One is pooping, one is scratching, one is eating, one's like making a den, one is sleeping, one is barking, one is like trying to make a hole in the fence, one is scared, one is howling, whatever. And then first thing they ask is which one is the alpha, which is the most powerful wolf. And they always say barking or eating or whatever, and it's sleeping. The alpha always sleeps. 
right? The alpha is nothing to prove. The alpha is nothing to prove. And so for me, I always try to remember when I'm in moments of conflict of like the alpha sleeps, the alpha does nothing. The omega is the one that goes around and tries to manage everyone. So for Mm. me, it's like, is it kind? Is it necessary? Don't just do something, sit there. Like I don't need to engage every conflict that I'm invited to. Sometimes the best way to win is to not play. I love Mm. that sometimes a sort of the best battle strategy is a masterful retreat, like take the gloves off. Um, You know, so it's, it's taken me a long time to realize that silence is not stupidity. You're not rolling over. You're not a doormat. Um, You're not losing. Um, You know, the best thing sometimes we can do is just say, you know what? I'm not ready to talk about that yet. I actually need a couple days to process. It's like I, you're allowed to choose to not engage and you're allowed to take your time and think. This is a big one for me. The last one I'll say is um, uh, because you can never take words back. It took me a long time to understand. My thing was like, blah, 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 and I'm just going to like say it all. And you know, I'm a sassy woman and I say it. <laughs> I'm a savage. Yeah. Like literally, I say it because I'm a queen. It's just like, okay, cool. Like you, so far we've learned you can't control yourself. Like, <laughs> like it's just sort of like, okay, and oh. I'm supposed to respect you. Like, like what the right. relationship cannot exist without respect. And if you can't control yourself, the other person can't respect you or take you seriously. And it just starts to deteriorate the relationship. Also, just don't stop. We show too many cards. We want to tell everyone everything. It's like, we're in this, like, over, we have an epidemic of oversharing. Like, you know, this, this, we call it restraint of pen and tongue. We think that progress in healthy relationships means telling everybody everything, like just this verbal diarrhea all the time. Like a neurologist once told me, I was like, she wrote this book called the female brain. And I asked her, I was like, what's your one piece of advice? But you're a neurologist. Like you study brains, like the difference between male and female brains, which is now like a controversial thing to say that they're different. And um, I'm like, all right for saying that. And uh, I was like, what's, what can you tell me to like help me be better in relationships? And she just went, your boyfriend is not your girlfriend. Stop telling your boyfriend about your friend's wedding and the crazy gossip at the office. Like, just call your girlfriend and talk to her. We're designed to be in villages and we're kind of designed to be with women. (laughs) We're designed to be doing this. And then you go and like, fuck your dude. And like, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? We have this thing now where it's like, I'm going to marry my best friend. Why? (laughs) Why would you want, why not have a best friend and then marry some guy? Like, I don't understand why you, what's the rush? Like, it's like putting peanut butter and jelly in the same jar. It's just like, what is, how busy are you? Um, you know, have your don't best. Don't you ever f- just want to scoop a peanut butter? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, just like I just, it's like 7 a.m. I don't really need the, the preserves uh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make your girlfriend your boyfriend. I, I've never understood that. Um, I think uh, if you want your relationship to be strong and healthy, work on your female friendships, actually. Um, take the night off with him and go or her or whatever and go hang out with um, your female friendships because you can't get everything from one person. Um, and that's too much pressure to put on that person. Um, and I'm so glad that women now our standards are high and we expect a lot for ourselves, but we also have to not 
expect someone to be our best friend, our boyfriend, our girlfriend, you know, our pod, like, like, um, uh, you know, our Ted talk buddy, the person that's going to educate us about everything. And, you know, I think it's important that we, um, let people be who they are. And if we don't like them, just leave instead of just mm. berating them for being who they are. Yeah. You know, I'm going to read this up. episode. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is like every relationship in my twenties. Yeah, no, <laughs> like- this is something that I actually really appreciated when I dated an older guy. Um, younger guys promise they'll fix it. Uh, this guy was like 50 or something. And I was like 28 and I was whatever exes were reaching out to him and all sorts of shit, which the older the guy you date, the more exes are going to reach out, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, and then I thought like, I was like setting boundaries and I was like, this doesn't happen. I'm, I'm, I thought I was like so recovered. And I thought I was like so emotionally healthy that I was like setting boundaries. And I was just <laughs> asking someone to change their neurology um, which right. truly they say, even in psychotherapy, it takes 10 years to change your attachment strategy. Certainly, you know, know your Jeez. attachment strategy. That's a big one. Um, and we're asking people to just like make a promise and just pretend you've changed. Like, that's what we're asking them to do. We're asking when we mm. ask someone to change, we're asking them to pretend to have changed. Um, mm. so he said to me, uh, I was like, eh, so, so <laughs> sassy and, uh, he goes, I'm sorry about that. And it will happen again. <laughs> Whoa. And I just like, I Damn. just, I just appreciate that. Oh, this is a big recovery thing. Never, ever, ever, ever give an ultimatum if you're not actually ready to follow through with it. Because if you don't, mm. your self-esteem will be corroded. You will mm. take the hit. So if you say, if you text her one more time, I'm out, you better be ready to go. Because if it happens again yeah. and you're not out, your self-esteem will deteriorate because you'll lose respect for yourself. It took me a long time yeah. to go, you just don't say you're going to leave. Just go, don't text her again. Whatever your boundary is, or block that, whatever it is, and then it happens again. But if you're saying that you're going to take an action based on their behavior, you better be ready to take that action so that you yeah. can keep the respect for yourself. Because as soon as you stop trusting yourself and <sighs> stop respecting yourself we're sort of in a bad, your word is law. So we say your word is law. Right. So make sure that when yeah. you're in a fight with someone, you're not like, well, if you fucking don't do this and I'm not going to fucking do that and never talk to me fucking that way again, or I'm out of here. They stop taking what you say seriously. You stop taking what you just making threats when you be ready to follow through with the threat that you make. If you, if you've yeah. decided, oh my God. if you've decided I have, <laughs> I have a clear map. This is my boundary. If you do that again, I'm gone. Yeah. Mean it. Yeah. Mean what you say. That's that's like, so, I mean, that's like every, not every, but that's been like the biggest thing I've learned from past relationships in my twenties is like, if you get cheated on, just leave. Don't like stay and be mad at them and punish them for cheating on you. Because then you're a bad person and a toxic person who's just handling it poorly. I think that's like, What's going on with you? That's good advice. You want to be here, you know? Right. And, and also, you know, if you need to think from a pity perspective, not you personally, I'm just saying in general, or like, you know, if you're like, but he made a mistake and did it like, well, you're not helping him either. So you're stunting mm-hmm. his growth by staying, by enabling right. this behavior. Yes, you're disrespecting yourself. And it's like, just, you put a, just put a ticking clock on it. Um, but 
you're now standing in his way of growth because you're not giving him a consequence. You know, it's the best thing that you can do for both of you. Right. It's like the yeah. pushover parent in the grocery store when the kids throw in the tantrum. It's like, okay, I'm going I'm to count to five. And then you can tell when she's at like four and three quarters. It's like, oh, you don't have any power. In this oh, yeah. Like, yes. But it's also so simple sometimes. Like, you know, I remember there was that scene from Sex and the City uh, uh, where Carrie was cheating with Big again and they were like unpacking shit or she was moving, Charlotte was moving and she was like, how could you do that? Like, what would, how would you feel if someone did that with my husband, you know? And it like, sometimes you just have to go like, what advice would I give Kelsey? What advice would I give Delaney? Right. What, you know, sometimes like, you know, we can self-deprive, we can white knuckle through things, we can tolerate so much pain, but, but we would never advise to our friends to put our, themselves through what we would put ourselves through. So mm. there's also an inner child exercise in the big book of adult child of alcoholics that is like transformative where you write a letter to your inner child and you start to treat yourself as if um, you were uh, treating your five-year-old self. Um, it's mm. It was such a big part of my eating disorder recovery was like, I'll drink two Diet Cokes, you know, all day and then have like some sugar-free Swedish fish for dinner. But I would never do that to a child. Like the, when, you know, I would never let one of my friends behave that way. So it's just like, um, sometimes just as simple as like, what would I tell my friend to do? What would I want my friend to do? And then just take your own advice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like we all, you know, I think sometimes it's just hard to go like, oh no, I deserve the same thing my friend, uh, you know, kind of deserves. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I would also say, yeah, it's just, it never, you always know. Uh, also read the book, The Gift of Fear. Um, total game changer so that every- sitting on my shelf because you told me to buy it. I still have to read it, but I did buy it. It's there. It's a it's a oh, game changer. Awesome. Just literally as soon as you start it, you'll you won't be able to not finish it. I think yeah. we're all so disconnected from our gut. Um, I'm sure you guys talk about this a lot, you know, or women are especially um are so like, oh God, I guess I'm just being dramatic or I'm just being needy or I'm just being crazy or I'm just being paranoid. Like we've been told that uh, you need to relax, calm down. We've been told this so much that we've started to believe it. And I think we so want to, um, you know, we've uh, sort of tend to sometimes think that fear is like a weakness um, or that it's implying that we need help and we don't like asking for help, whatever it is, doesn't matter the social construction of why, but you know, the point is that we are so disconnected from our gut that we're in relationships that are bad for us. And our gut is telling us we have a pit in our stomach and, 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 you know, we still are like, Oh, but that's just passion or I'm just scared. Or I just have intimacy issues. Sometimes the people on this zoom are the ones that get in the most trouble because you examine yourself, you know, we, we have the ability to give ourselves notes. We have the ability to see ourselves and we're all um, motivated to edify ourselves. So we're like, oh no, that's just that, that thing I do because I had a bad childhood and I have this maladaptive behavior and you know, so, you know I'm trauma, but like you, we blame ourselves in really sophisticated ways. <laughs> mm. it's, just, it's still just a way of dismissing ourselves just with like pseudo psychology, you know? <laughs> we're like, well, that's because my attachment strategy is fearful avoidant and my love language is acts of service. So I'm just doing that thing. 
It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're basically just calling yourself crazy in like an educated way. You're just like, well, bitches yeah. be crazy. Oh. So yeah. I know um, what specific crazy I am, but it's right. still crazy. Yeah. If a man did that to you, it'd be like, oh, but your attachment style is preoccupied. It's like, it's dismissive. You know, it's just another way of calling you crazy um, yeah. or psycho. Right. Um, and, uh, and, you know, there was this, uh, there's this amazing uh, part in the beginning of the book where, sorry, this is a little dark, but every woman that was attacked uh, and survived um, an attack, like a violent sexual attack or a murder attempt or something, they always said, I knew there was something off about that guy. Oh. Always, mm. you know, because a lot of these, you know, psychopaths, when they hunt women, it's usually the people that offer to help you with your groceries, offer to carry your luggage, offer, oh, ladies first. Like, and so they feel this weirdness of this man's being so nice to me and I don't want to feel ungrateful and I don't want to seem like I'm a bitch. You know what I want to be? A, but they always said, like, I knew I just felt it in my gut. There was something off about that guy. Yes. And it's so fascinating because mm. story after story after story, these women are like, I had no reason to believe he was a murderer. I just one day was like, that guy's dangerous. And he was the yeah. nicest guy. He was a teacher. He, you know, coached the local soccer team. He worked at the church. Like he volunteered his time. Like I just had a weird feeling. And I think sometimes we forget that might be all you need to go on. You know, we yeah. want facts. We want proof. And I just hope we can all get back to a place where, I don't know. I just feel weird about it is enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you guys do it with your careers all the time. I get asked to do things. It's like, do you want to be in this big movie or this TV show? And I'm like, I can't really articulate why the answer is no. I just know the answer is no. And yeah. my body knows something that my brain doesn't know yet. And it might never know, but my gut is just to say no. And I don't mm -hmm. owe you the answer why. I just, that's my answer. Oh. Um, mm. And I have to work on that a lot. Like, I don't want to be with you anymore. And like, I don't know why. And maybe that's okay. <laughs> you know, right. like we think we yeah. owe people explanations for all of our behavior. Um, and we just kind of don't, you know, this yeah. famous person asked me to do some podcast recently. And I just was like, I just know the answer is no, I don't want mm. to. And we uh, have been conditioned to believe that we owe like a very detailed outline of why we're not doing something to take care of everyone's feelings. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I just, yeah, reconnecting with your gut, because when I was 30, I did not have any concept of my gut, overriding my gut, overriding my gut, overriding my spidey sense. We're so brilliantly designed to have this spidey sense. You know, when you just meet someone and you're instantly like, vibrate this, <laughs> you know, and you know it. Like, yeah. any, we always say like, I fucking knew it. Yeah. Being cheated on. You're like, I knew it. I don't even have to know it. And I know it. I don't, I, I need to do no research on this. And I know, I just know. Yeah. So psychic, yeah. but I think we have in psychic, I know as is, I just mean like we are so clairvoyant, but we've sort of, I think deactivated those magical powers, um, yeah. in a lot of ways. And, and, you know, I don't like have the explanation for it. I don't think it's like metaphysical necessarily, but you just kind of like, no. Yeah. Wow. You're the oh best. my gosh. Yeah. Whitney, you're so good. I <laughs> okay. All I know is uh, the Alpha Sleeps is going to be a tattoo on my arm at some point. <laughs> Which one? What is that? The Alpha Sleeps. I need a tattoo of that That's right a great here. Great one. Great one. 
Great one. It's, I have to say it in my head when I just want to be like, oh, I'm going to fucking show you. And then yeah. it's like, nope, no. Nope. As soon as you're yeah. here, like you can, it's just, if you're in a situation where you have, to, if you lose your grace, you've lost your grace, you know? And to me, nothing feels worse than losing your grace. Nothing feels like this fucking guy. I was, um, I'm trying to mountain bike and I was like walking up the hill and this guy fucking came down the hill and he like flew like to avoid hitting me. He like, he just was going too fast down a hill because every guy thinks they're like about to be drafted. So like <laughs> competitive game of some, they all think that like their moment's coming. And so he was like just doing some crazy X game shit. And he's like, you shouldn't have been fucking been standing in, you know, in the path, whatever you call it. And I just stood there and, and, and Alan and I, we work on something called pause. Every year you're, they say every year you're in program, you get another second to pause, right? Cause we're so reactive. Fuck you. What the fuck, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So what I try to work on is pause. You know, if Kelsey says something that hurts my feelings, I can just go anyway. Uh, you know, instead of like, I'm sorry. Like I just yeah. have the ability to press pause, collect myself so that I don't react with my trauma response, which is always going to be counterattack or make myself the victim and use guilt because that was my family system. And I'm really good at making myself a victim. And then I want to make you feel bad um, yeah. and hurt you, right? Because you hurt me. So like all of those sort of protective behaviors that we all have, right? It's like the rattlesnake shaking their rattle. Like we all have the thing. And, uh, and I did nothing. And it felt really annoying for a second. And then I had this like euphoria that poured over me that was like, your side of the street is clean because you did nothing in that moment. And now he gets to go spend the rest of his day knowing that he lost his grace and just yelled at a stranger. Like that was his, that was none of my business. Everything that just happened there, I'm not going to let you spill your fucking bad choices and bad energy all over me so that I then have to put it in my backpack and carry it around all day. Like, you know, when we take other people's energy and behaviors and consequences and involve ourselves and take it personally, that's stealing. You're taking someone's shit from them. Just let them keep it. That's, that is your contract with the universe. Like I like, and you know, I would have like, if, if I had reacted to him, I would have been like, you know, I would have just gone like, got nasty with him or just tried to guilt him. Like, excuse me, sir. Well, this is, a th and just gotten into some like totally unnecessary conflict just because I'm full of adrenaline and want to feel superior. That's what, and I'm scared. I was scared. And this man was yelling at me. And when we're scared, we react. Right. And then I got to just feel this euphoria of like, that's just, I don't have to spend the rest of the day replaying in my head. Oh, I should have said this. And then he fucking said this. And then I come home and I tell people, you know, what just fucking happened to me. And then, and then I just like, this guy just threw a fucking grenade at me. I just am carrying it around. I'm like, look at this thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Just detach, yeah. you know, it's just, it's not just swerve on people. Like, Oh, like life is just a game of, I think, um, laser tag where you're just trying to like avoid other people's bad energy and <laughs> bullshit. And like, yeah. I'm just not going to get involved. Like, everyone's like, Oh, these people are yelling at you to wear masks. And like, I'm like, I'm not going to fucking wear a mask. And people are just like, keep walking. Just keep going. Yeah. Like, why are you stopping to participate in this? You know? Right. I think yeah. it's just shocking how many things, situations we're in that we think aren't 
consensual that are actually, we, I totally participated in this. I stopped and I yelled back and then you yelled and then I responded. And then I was like, Bleh. you know, just like keep walking. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It took me a long time to not take every opportunity as one for self-righteous indignation. Yeah. Like, let's just get high on adrenaline together right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that pause stuff is... Pause. Yeah. And you, and there's a couple, sl- like, slogans, like, everyone needs in their back, back pocket of, thank you so much for sharing. I'm not ready to respond right now. I'm just not ready to respond right now. I need a couple days to collect my thoughts. And yeah. also, you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to say, hey, a couple days ago, I know I said I would go to this wedding with you. I've thought it over. I actually have changed my mind. Yeah. I know I said I was going to do this TV show. I've changed my mind. Like, I yeah. know I said I was going to come to your baby shower and organize. I changed my mind. It's just never to, you're allowed to change your mind. Um, that took me, if you're halfway through a fight, you know what? I'm so sorry. I wasn't prepared for this. I've changed my mind. I need a couple days to process this before I respond. I need to go for a walk. I can't do this right now. Um, yeah. It took me a long time to realize that you can schedule your uncomfortable conversations <laughs> for when you are ready and prepared. And I need to go drink some water. I need to eat something. I need to pee. I need to take a nap. And until those things have happened, I cannot even engage with you about any of this because my cup is not right. full. Right. You know, so, and you can't take words back. Like you said, we say halt hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, right? Halt. If you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you do nothing until you've solved those four things. And then now we can have a conversation about that text that just came in on my phone. Uh, I'm, you know what I mean? That's so good. Putting this. So many, I have so many tattoos by the end of this podcast. (laughs) When someone, when a guy tries to fight with me at like four 30, I'm like, my blood sugar is low. I have not, I have not had my snack. Uh, I am very de- I'm going to have dinner. I'm going to yeah. hydrate myself. I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes. I'm going to send these emails. And then I, you are welcome to bring up with me anything you'd like to bring up with me. But you can't come at me with low blood sugar. What are you doing? That's um, the danger zone. Uh, yeah. You know, so you have to take control of when people have access to you. Um, and, uh, set yourself up to win. <clears throat> yeah. <coughs> God, you're so wise out in the forest, Whitney. I, I feel like, I feel like called out and also healed whenever <laughs> I talk to you. I'm just like, oh, I have so many issues, but I think some of them are fixed now. <laughs> I, can just, I don't know. Like, God, you're just, you're so smart and you're so funny and you're so good. You really are like the perfect guest for this podcast. Oh, yeah, do we quit oh, the show now? God. I mean, what happened? I think we quit. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, I feel like I rambled a lot. Oh, let's see if I can, um, real quick, if you guys, I don't know if you have announcements or what. I don't know if my Wi-Fi is going to cut out. Hey, bud. Um, but I can care. Uh, yeah, if my Wi-Fi cuts out, then the show's <laughs> over and it was good to talk to you guys. Okay. <laughs> it's just it's like this one spot. Oh, with my... My biggest problem right now is my house is so big that my Wi-Fi goes out. <laughs> I'm joking. I feel like guys can make those jokes and it's charming. And if I make it, it's gross. Um, it's just really rude that you have that much money and a vagina. So let me just show you the one. <laughs> well, talking about it is what got me all the money. Um, 
Okay, so this is the skin. This is the serum. The whole, from Whole Foods? Yes, yeah, Skin okay. Eternal Serum, if you guys are watching. Do you put that on in morning or night? Uh, at night. And like every other day? I do it every day, but you guys should start with every other day. Okay. Smoothie on my okay. face. That's attractive. <laughs> um, and then this is the lotion P50. Okay. Okay. That's what it looks like, the Biologic Recherche. And then I just have tons of fucking oils and shit that I use. I mean, you can do like literally any oils you want. They're just fun. But this is what I use, this giant vat of grapeseed oil. Wow. Oh, okay. Ooh. $5. Yeah. Nice. And Keep. you use that to wash your face or to moisturize or both? I use it both to wash my face, moisturize, everything. I just slather okay. myself in oils all day. I feel like those are the only like super productive recommendations that will like change your life. The rest are kind of like, yeah, this might work. It might not like, but I like how it smells. Okay. Um, that's the grapeseed oil I use. Bellat Do you use any sort of like um, retinoid or retinol? No. Fuck. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> That's my favorite. My, fa my favorite exchange. Do you use retinol? No. Fuck. <laughs> I'll I definitely just, be getting the grapeseed. I would great. is it, yes, the grapeseed. I just retinol for me. Uh, it it tends to thin your skin a little bit. It tends to aggravate your skin. You know, I take like a little break and do the alpha-lipoic acid and the lotion P50 instead, and for a month and just see what happens. Okay. Your skin okay. might love Retin-A for all I know. Um, and what's the little needle roller? What is, is that? This is good. This is Josie Moran does a, a argan oil with a little bit of Retin-A in it. Okay. Um, I use her argan oil light as moisturizer, but I don't have the one with the Retin-A in it. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's good. I use her um, aluminizer. Um, oh, okay. I mix it in with my makeup. Uh, it's like a shiny thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a bunch of extras if you guys want one. And yes, the derma roller is this. It's like a little wheel with a bunch of needles on it. Does oh, that hurt? Wow. No. I mean, I went numb ages ago, but. It doesn't hurt? <laughs> no. Okay. Little tiny needle and just make sure to wash it. I like this Glossier brand. Um, yeah. And Drunk Elephant. If you need to put out, hurt yourself, Kelsey, this is good. It's like a lactic acid if you just. <laughs> want to use it just for the love of the game <laughs> do you use the ordinary at all like any of their uh, they have, yeah they have some good uh really good um oils i think they have a squalene oil that's really good yeah oh, this is indie lee is really good okay. i mean this stuff i just i just don't think oil needs to be expensive between all yeah. between olive oil almond oil shea butter like you just yeah. i just spending a lot of money on oil just seems silly it's all the same shit right um spend the money on the lotion p50 Okay. Did you say P70 is good to start if you're sensitive? I think the 50 one is the less harsh one. Oh, okay. 50. Oh, this is, by the way, this is a great moisturizer I, that's from Whole Foods. It's kind of expensive. It's just called Lux Lotion. Um, okay. But yeah, lotion should never be expensive. This is an incredible oil. It's called Lila B. Oh, I love that brand. Yeah. Yeah. DM them. They'll send you shit. Uh, a glow priming oil. This is in fucking incredible. Oh, shit. Okay. And then for, I'm I mean, this Kelsey's is, writing all this down. If you guys need, if you <laughs> I want, can't like, keep up. If you want like the real life hacks, like, like, um, for zits, uh, don't let Kelsey get this in her hands. Cause I can tell she's compulsive. Um, uh, <laughs> oh my God, I'm triggered. <laughs> this is prescription cortisone. 
for like really Ooh. bad cystic zits. Like if you need to like be on camera, have a big business meeting, have a job interview, and there's a zit that like needs to go away in 24 to 48 hours, use this only when you absolutely, absolutely need it. But it's a game changer. Okay. It's just knowing you have it sometimes. Yeah. It's part of the placebo of just knowing you have it is kind of why you don't need it. Okay. Because you're like, if I break out, I'm going to be able to handle this it kind of thing. Okay. Well, oh, man. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, guys. What a delight. You're the best. That was so yeah. fun. I, lo- I love you oh. seeing your home, too. The tour of your house was fun for me, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. It over. This is it. Yeah. I mean, this is why we, you know. It's what we do it for. Look, you guys got to talking. Yeah. Talking to Whitney is good. Cause it's very like aspirational. Yeah. 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 Keep Cause working. you're just like, Oh, we can, it can be like that. Yeah. yeah. Is that the backyard view right there? Oh. Keep working. Oh my God. Yeah. Keep working. Oh Keep my working. God. That is my dream. That Keep is writing. literally. I know it is actually. After oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. You say that's, keep writing. <laughs> that's, that's what your pubes look like Delaney. <laughs> how do you know all these things about us god damn <laughs> um oh, all right guys man. i'll talk to you soon yeah Thanks, that was Whitney. so cool you're thank the best you so awesome you are okay talk to thank you soon you. Love right. the show. Bye. Bye. thank you bye Thank you guys so much for listening to Self Helpless. We love you guys so much. There are a few different ways you can support our show. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us move up the charts. You can also tell a friend about the show, post it on social media, and you can join our Patreon. It's where you can get bonus episodes from us and lots of really fun content and ways to interact with the show. That's at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. And if you go to selfhelplesspodcast.com, that's where you can get links to all of our individual stuff. Delaney, where can people find you? You can find me at DelaneyFisher.com. You can find uh, the online courses there, one-on-one creative consulting, watch my comedy special, and find Dicks by Delaney there. Perfect. Tay, where can people find you? You can find me on ttomcomedy.com for tour dates and links to everything else social media-wise. I am at Taylor Tomlinson on Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. You guys can find me at KelseyCook.com for all my tour dates. My Instagram is at KelseyCookComedy. Twitter is at KelseyCook. Uh, please be sure to watch my foosball web series on YouTube called Wrist of Fury. I've had Delaney and Taylor on together. It was such a fun episode. And you can download and buy my album Savor It on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find comedy albums. We also want to give a shout out to our amazing producer, Lauren Mahoney, and our amazing editor, Emma Erdbrink. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.